Liberty Station is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show on Liberty Station, and today I am joined by my good friend, entrepreneur, Michael Seifert, CEO of Public Square, Public SQ, and we will uh, talk about him, talk about uh, what he is doing in the world to bring communities and businesses that share values together, and I'm excited to have you, brother. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad we make this happen. I'm glad you were willing to come up in person and uh, spend this time with me because uh, from the moment I met you, which was actually at my house, yep, at um, Seth Gruber's 30th birthday party, um, we got to connect then, you know, didn't, didn't get super deep into conversation then, but I, I liked you. I thought, man, that guy's got, got it going on. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see all of the success you've had over the last year, because I know it's been a wild ride and we're going to get into that. Um, but first, let's, uh, let's hit who you are, uh, you know, give us your bio and kind of quick history, because our, our audience has grown a lot. We're now got kind of a national audience, you know, we're on Salem's Podcast Network and killing it ourselves. And so love to, um, you know, let everybody know who you are and what you're doing. Fantastic. Yeah, I can tell you guys are killing it. This is great. I felt really honored I got to be here last year as this was starting to kind of evolve into what it is today. And so the fact that the show has had the traction that it's had is not surprising in the slightest. And so honored to be speaking to lots of new voices uh, and, and audience members on the other side of this podcast. And it's a really cool community that's been built here. The name is even significant because Liberty, the pursuit of it, is really what's driven our company. Uh, we want our country to come back to an embrace of Liberty. Amen. And especially, and I know you get this too, I, I want the pursuit of liberty to advance because I know the author of liberty, the Amen. guy who created it. And so, yeah, we'll get into all that. I'm really excited about just even being here. But my name is Michael Seifert, started Public Square, publicsq.com. Check us out. We're the nation's largest directory of patriotic businesses, and we connect people with the ability to spend them, their money in alignment with their values. And so you don't have to fund your opposition anymore. If you are a liberty-loving, freedom-loving, patriotic American, you should feel the blessed assurance that every dollar you're spending is going toward a company that shares your worldview. Because if you want to move the power structures of society back toward we the people, it happens through commerce. If you want That's to look right. at how decisions are made, follow where the money goes. And so for us, our goal is let's shift the economic interests back toward we the people. And so I'm from San Diego, California, just down the road. And love to drive up here because I get time to make lots of phone calls, which is nice. I had like uninterrupted time in the car. So thank you for that. Uh, the traffic was not as gnarly as it normally is, too, which was another big win. God's favor was all over the drive today. Yeah. From San Diego, California, married to an incredible woman named Sarah Gable. And we, as of six weeks ago, introduced our first uh, born child to the world, mm, which was amazing. Awesome. It's a little daughter named Lily. Thank you. Dude, and, I, uh, I love I love when I hear that uh, men have their first and it's a daughter. Oh yeah, it 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 softened my heart, which I think yeah. the Lord was trying to do intentionally. Uh, it it's been phenomenal. Being girl dad's fun, and I tell you what, it makes the purpose of all of this come to life in a very profound way. The macro became micro very quickly, and uh, it it inspires me every morning to wake up and realize, holy cow, the next generation's on the line. Not just yeah. in a macro sense, but in my family line. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's been a season full of inspiration, full of purpose. Started this company in February of 2021. And so had the idea in January of 21. What if we could help connect people in local communities with each other and then the businesses that share their values so that they would know that there's purpose in all of their interactions, whether it's in community setting or in a transaction setting. And now today that's grown to a digital platform that allows for consumers to shop uh, locally as well as online and connect with the businesses and consumers while they're at it. It's all free to use for business and user both. That started in, the idea came in January, incorporated in February of 21, and then basically hit the ground running, writing code. Uh, had our launch in San Diego, California last year in October uh, with a website essentially and a mobile app that had 150 businesses on it in San Diego with 1,000 consumers. Um, a year later, we're at 40,000 businesses and we've got hundreds of thousands of consumers using the app every single day um, and millions of consumer hits a week and it's it's really been a, a phenomenal journey so I'm grateful I'm blessed and I'm glad to be here yeah so um, just just make sure that people know where to find it it's at any app store right um, yes. public SQ mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know sign up it's easy go from there and um, yeah don't don't give money to people who hate you yes very simple offer proposition yeah and no, I uh, love it. Yeah, you can join as your, your business for free, which is great too. That's uh, and honestly, the sweetest part of all of this has been watching the businesses profit. Yeah, because they're getting connected to values-aligned consumers that will go out of their way to make sure that they feel prioritized. And so we've heard great stories of businesses saying, "Hey, I joined the platform, and within a month, I had the most successful month of business I've ever had." Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it, you know, that's and the reason why I wanted to have you on is because that's that's like all of our advertisers on the show, everything that we're doing, it's all about that. Do so not good. do business with people that hate you, do you know, and don't share your values. And so the more that we can do that, the more powerful we become. And, uh, um, you know, there's truth to having a parallel economy. And unfortunately, because of the way these big corporate interests have taken stance against us, it's become a necessity. You can't really easily hold your nose anymore and be, you know, giving your money to a Nike or to, you know, whomever else uh, or Disney or other corporations that truly despise who we are as Christians, who we are as conservatives. I mean, it's terrible. So, you know, you have to now be intentional about it. You can't just continue to go the way we've been going. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And the sad reality too, is that the, so much of this has been happening under our nose, Yeah. Uh, but we just didn't realize it. And then COVID to a large degree brought all this into the spotlight because you saw, exactly. You saw some businesses being labeled essential, other ones, non-essential. You saw some corporate interests very closely aligned with government interests. And, and I don't even necessarily mean the Trump administration at the time. I'm, I'm more speaking to the administrative state Yeah. because I think that they have a lot more power um, even today than the president does in a lot of ways. I agree. And so you saw the administrative state in bed with big business, which is the definition of fascism, by the way. And yet they say that we're the fascists, which is yeah. an odd concept. Uh, but then, yeah, they would weaponize their values against Americans that just still believe a man is a man is a woman is a woman. And so if you get penalized by PayPal for the thought crime of believing there are only two genders, like that business is no longer a business anymore. They're a government entity that's operating as a puppet of the regime. And so if I'm holding my assets in their hands, I'm giving them the ability to shut the lights off on me at any moment. And so what we've tried to do is make sure that we're not just saying this message that, hey, guys, there's a big problem here that's been brewing for a few years, but then to also provide the landing pad. Because we're asking you to take make a difference in your life. We're saying, hey, this is a problem. Detach, unsubscribe from that system. 
if you're going to do that, you need somewhere to go. Here's a great platform where you can land on and know that, okay, I was using X company. Now I can use this company. And that's going to change my life by giving me the peace and security that I'm doing business with people that yeah. love me. Well, and what's brilliant about that is um, there's, you know, tremendous threats coming to our monetary system, you know, central bank, digital currency, things like that. If you don't already have something set up where you can go, an infrastructure where we can go, a parallel economy where we can go, then, uh, um, you know, pretty soon, I mean, with central bank digital currency, they just will turn off your money yep. and say, oh, you've eaten too much meat. Your your allotment is done. You know, you're, you're finished with that for the, oh, you've driven too far. You're finished now. You know, you can't buy any gas. You can't buy the food that you want. You know, that is a genuine and real threat. We have to have an infrastructure already in place of people doing business with one another to save ourselves from that. And it's not a new concept. What you're saying has been true. You know, if you go back in uh, even early <clears throat> Israel, the idea of a remnant has always been present where there's this basically this group of true believers that hold fast to their values, even in the face of government tyranny, corruption. And they basically just create their own system because they recognize they're of a higher kingdom and they operate with each other. They keep each other fed and prospering and making sure that their community is staying strong, even in the face of yeah. oppression. So I think today our encouragement to Americans that hold our beliefs, which we're not alone, there are literally hundred million plus of us yeah. data shows. It's our responsibility to make sure we're being that remnant holding fast to our values. And we're not compartmentalizing our values where it's like, well, I'll operate my values in the context of my church environment or my friend group, but then I have no problem funding abortion with my coffee. It's like, well, wait, you, if we're going to be consistent, we should be consistent. Yeah. And sometimes there are no other options, and I get that, but that's what we're trying to counteract is well, let's create those options. And before it was under the radar, right? You, yeah. could, you didn't know a lot of the times that these you know, companies were you know, funding things that were against your values. You didn't really know. Now it's in your face. Yep. Now they say it. So, you know, one... one thing is it's never been easier to know we know who our enemies are they tell us (laughs) you know they they ridicule us they advertise for evil things so you know we now can just identify that and again it's a pain because it's pretty easy to you know pop through that uh, drive-through coffee they're everywhere or you know whatever it might be whatever example you want to pick you know amazon man how convenient is that you know i've been uh, working to wean myself off of that at the very beginning i was a proponent of it i'm like this is genius you know i would tell my wife babe you know don't run down to the store to get that hair product you know just order it have it show up you your time is valuable you know i'd yeah. i give all these things now all right, other things are more valuable. And so we're having to, you know, adjust. And, you know, we have to be able to support these smaller businesses too because that's how you decentralize power, you know. Amen. Small small business is what, you know, helps the, uh, you know, keep the enemy at bay. There's nothing that scares the regime more than a local community that's banded together with small businesses that are thriving, that are not owned by either the government or private equity that's held to the government or BlackRock or Vanguard of State Street, and they're operating within their own efficient means, and they don't really need the government. Yeah. And the government's greatest fear is that they're not needed because then they yeah. can't create a dependent class. And so, amen. It's like, now that we know, let's make sure that we don't need the government. We don't need a multinational conglomerate that comes in that is in bed with the government to basically stifle out our individual liberties or even our ability to independently succeed. And I think that's the message as we look at 
2020 to 2030. This decade is so crucial yeah. because we know their agenda for what 2030 looks like. We need to have our own. And I think our agenda for 2030 should look like communities prospering because power, money, commerce, resource is back in the hands of we the people. Yeah, you know, and, and it's uh, the only way that we are going to survive and thrive is community. Um, you know, things are going to get desperate. I talk about it on the show. You know, Peter Tertian wrote in, uh, you know, 2010 um, that... Uh, 2020 would be the start of the most violent decade the world has seen. And hey, you know, his, his, uh, his, you know, mathematical study of history, it's called Cleodynamics, is what led him to believe this, you know, analyzing cultures, you know, over time. We have a period in which survival and thriving is going to be uh, dependent upon us banding together to protect one another, and that includes commerce between us and between the people that you can trust. So um, we're going to need to do that as a matter of self-defense. The good news in this is that, hey, you just had a baby girl. You know, I've got, uh, you know, three beautiful daughters that are merging into life. We have this generation that's swelling up right now where it is cool to be a conservative. True. You know, it is rebellious, in fact, to be a conservative and go against the, uh, you know, the uh, blue Halloween hair, um, uh, you know, force of people that are, you know, marching to the beat of, um, you know, some kind of communist drum. We have to help um, pave the way for them to turn this thing around because that's what's going to happen. And it's a five to 15 year cycle and we're going to have to get through it. Amen. It's wild to see that conservatism has become the subculture. Yeah. And like the counterculture. Because I remember growing up, you know, I like loved the band Rage Against the Machine. Right? Yeah. And so you'd see Rage Against <laughs> the Machine. They become the machine. They have become the machine. <laughs> I mean, the wildest thing for me to watch during COVID was that Rage Against the Machine, whose core lyrical theme in every song was basically tell the system to screw off and we are standing up against the man right in 2020 2021 even they even took this farther they had concerts where you had to have a vaccine pass to enter and pfizer was like a topic of conversation throughout the concert multiple times in a celebratory way so i'm looking i'm like you guys sold out you're you you're not authentic. I've always been as a conservative for preserving what is pure in the face of any sort of large centralized tyranny. Yeah. That's still true of me today. You said that you were against the system. You weren't, you were just against your conservative dad. And you thought that that meant the system because your dad was a banker or something. Now in when it's your regime and your master, you're stoked about making sure that you parrot all their lines. And I'm the one that's a criminal in your eyes or a grandma killing your eyes, even though I've remained morally consistent. And so, yeah, when you watch Rage Against the Machine or any of these sort of punk cultures or even the, you know, the rap culture or pop culture in general start to just echo the same things that's coming out of Moderna, Pfizer, the government, big banks, Wall Street, all the stuff, you're like, wait a second. Uh, you guys are disingenuine, A. And B, if you really want to be cool these days and you really want to sing a different message and if you're really wanting to stand apart in the next generation, yeah, embrace the reality that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Embrace the reality that each individual is afforded certain liberties in the public square. Yeah. They're endowed by your creator, so they cannot be taken away. That's countercultural. There's an amazing skit, and um, it, it maybe you'll remember who it is because he just 
escaped my brain, but Joe, uh, Joe Rogan's comedian, one of his comedian buddies, was on talking about this very thing. Like, yeah, it's now cool to be a Christian, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> and he it. went he went through a funny little thing. Like that's the yeah that's the new you know crazy re, you know rebelliousness. Um, and he's not a believer. He's he's a you know gay uh, comedian that. Um, uh, doesn't espouse Christianity by any stretch, but he nailed it, and it was hilarious. Yep. Um, you know, in his uh, yeah, in his way, um, so funny. But um, I wanted to get your take on a couple of things. But before we do that, I would love for you to hit just some of the kind of highlights for this crazy year for Public Square, because you have taken off like a rocket ship. And I know it's because of the, you know, the talent that uh, you bring, but also your team, um, you know, having seen them in action. I mean, you've got a pretty dedicated force of believers. And I mean that, you know, not just in the Christian sense, but you you have people that believe so firmly in what you guys are doing. You know, it's like having crusaders. And and I I mean that in the in the good sense. Um, I love it. So, uh, you know, talk about, you know, highlight some of these successes and some of the things that, that have been wild. Look, I'm going to admit something. I'm a terrible gift giver, but not this year, because my friends at Good Ranchers are making it easy to give the gift of meat. This is actually a great idea. In fact, a hard economic year for most has caused essential gifts to be more needed and wanted than ever. Fortunately, you can easily give the most essential gift of all this year, delicious meat. Good Ranchers has gift boxes and gift cards so that you can give America's best meat and seafood this Christmas. With discounts on orders of five boxes or more, you can save on gifts for the whole family or your business. When you give someone a box of Good Ranchers, you're gifting them more than the best meat they've ever had. You're giving a true steakhouse experience. With 100% American, USDA Prime, and Upper Choice cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood, you're sure to beat out the new socks and re-gifted candles for the best gift of the year. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com and use code LIBERTY at checkout for $35 off your delicious gift of meat. If you know someone that likes meat, then you know someone who will love Good Ranchers. Your gift goes further with them because they take the premium price out of premium meats. Go to GoodRanchers.com and find the perfect box for you or a loved one in their curated selection of hand-trimmed meat and seafood. Give the best meat in America, support local U.S. farms, and get $35 off your essential gift with my code LIBERTY today. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Well, first of all, thank you. And so much of the credit of this does go to that team because it's phenomenal. The type of talent that's come out of the woodworks to make this last year possible and is working so diligently to make the coming years possible for Public Square. Um, the credit goes to them. First and foremost goes to the Lord because the call Amen. has been very evident from day one and all we've done is said yes to it. Secondarily, it goes to the team because um, I- I'm watching people sacrifice every day for the betterment of the next generation. Every single person in our office genuinely believes that they're changing the world. And I feel so privileged to uh, work in an environment and plow in an environment where we're all aligned in that reality. And also, I'm watching 22-year-olds put Public Square on their LinkedIn with pride, well knowing that that might be controversial for some yeah. because they're taking a stand for their value system. And you know, we're, we're not purposely provocative, but we exist as a, an antiquated reminder of what makes America special. And today, that's off-putting for some people. Yeah. 
for the purple haired they thems and stuff that you were describing. It's like, so for us to have a group of young people that are in a room grinding after the same thing, seeking that purpose has led to what has been the most rewarding journey of a lifetime. The last year has been filled with breakthrough after breakthrough, thankfully, none of which happened without tons of hurdles. Every day there's a new challenge or a new fire to put yeah. out, but it's part of building something special and it's been worth it. Part of the excitement too. You know? Amen. And so we went from, again, last year being you know basically a, a small platform with a few hundred businesses on it in a very localized region, testing the market, kicking the tires, asking consumers and businesses alike, what did they like about it? What did they not? What did they want to see change? What did they see, want to see improved? Uh, taking all that feedback and then using it to create a better and better product as we expanded. And our average audience member on our on our platform, our average member is a 37-year-old woman with kids. That's, That's sort great. of the, the average yeah. archetype. We call her Holly. We named her. And, hey, she's, and she, she, she truly is the person that we need to go after because if you've watched what's happened, you know, it's, it's actually that demographic that you know, defeated um, so much of what is conservatism you know, in this current time. Yep. Uh, that demographic is the one that you know, promoted some of the worst of the COVID lockdown stuff and everything. So what you're doing is grabbing the other half of that. Yep. And, and, and giving them the you know, muscle and power to do what they need to do. They're the mama bears. Yeah, amen. They're the ones that got Glenn Youngkin elected. They're the ones that have flipped school boards around the country yeah. now because they're awake to it. They're yeah. realizing the next generation's on the line, and they're like, okay, game on. Yeah. Time to, time to push so, that's back. That's so awesome. And it's been really cool because also that demographic, they're the best evangelists for things they believe in. So if, if they love a product or a service or a community, they're going to go tell everyone about it. And so, so much of how we've grown over the last year has been in grassroots activism, people getting the message and then sharing it. So we went from San Diego, then spread out to all of California, end of November. In December, we were at Turning Point USA's America Fest, big fans of Charlie and Turning Point. Amen. And he invited us to share about... Are you going to be this year? We are. Okay, Two cool. weeks. I will Stoked see you. about it. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to show up in force, have a good team there. It'll be a blast. Last year was a great opportunity for us to say, hey... Here's some of the wins we've had in Southern California. And give us a year, and we're going to be nationwide, and we're going to have a lot more stories to tell 12 months from now when we Sweet. come back. And so we're really grateful because this year we're getting to go back and tell those stories. March 7th, we began to expand to other states around the country. And then by July 4th, we were ready to go nationwide. And so we had our full launch July 4th of this past summer. And since then... Uh, the impact has been the best thing to hear stories of people saying their community, they've actually felt a tangible shift because the right businesses are prospering has been phenomenal. The talent we've acquired. In fact, there's a guy today, he's our chief product officer, which means he basically oversees the product element of the infrastructure and the platform. A guy named Andy Weisbecker, brilliant mind, was with Target for 14 years as the head of their digital products. So he was very instrumental in building Target's website and their app. $20 billion a year in revenue wow. from those digital products. And a uh, phenomenal leader, but he couldn't do the woke stuff anymore. Yeah. And he just said the internal culture of Target had become so rotted uh, that they couldn't, they couldn't have a driver and uh, any innovation anymore because everything bowed to the whims of a progressive nihilistic sort of culture. And that seeped into the innards of the company. And he said, I, I can't do it anymore. So we met through Twitter, funny enough, Twitter has redeeming qualities even, uh, Hey, it's getting better every day. It is getting better every day. That's very true. Uh, and he reached out through Twitter and said, Hey, I, I've, I've admired what's happening at public square and would love more information and would love to even to see how I can help or consult. A month later, he was, 
left from Target and was our chief product officer. That's awesome. And took a pay cut to do it, a significant one, but he's doing it for his six kids. And so yeah. it's, been, it's been win after win where doors are opening and people are coming into the fold that are making this journey special. And I can confidently say now a year later, um, you know, we've seen it all. We've had incredible experiences with our grassroots activists, our target consumers, and people like Tucker Carlson. And throughout all of that, um, I can say we're just getting started. Yeah. What's, what's building here is special, and I feel a, an immense honor and, and blessing to be a part of it. Yeah, well, listen, kudos to you. I, I think you guys have a, a great plan, and yeah, I'm, I'm watching um, admirably from a, uh, from a distance. Um, yeah, uh, so I did want to get your... Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one more comment. So what I love is uh, what you're doing is for, you said Andy, the products guy? Yeah, 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 Andy. So for guys like Andy who have been trapped, who very successful, you know, they're, they're out there, you know, in the um, tech universe or in these companies and all stuff, and many of them are having to be quiet, mm -hmm. and many of them are quietly miserable, and seeing the destruction that's going on around them and seeing the rot. I've got friends that um, you know had, up until recently, worked for Disney. I've had friends that have worked in all these spaces who, you know, amazing creative people who have told me about what's happening behind the scenes at these places, the rot that's in them where they can't actually have creative meetings. It's the reason that they're continuing to regurgitate things. It's, it's the reason that nothing good is coming out. It's the reason that things are flopping is because you've eliminated so much of that stuff. So you providing an avenue for a guy like Andy to say, okay, you know, I can go and start fresh and be creative again and, and be really driving at something with purpose again without all this nonsense in my way. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. That's got to be so rewarding for you as a leader. It is. And it's teaching me a lot because we didn't get to this point through expertise or a background. I'm pretty young. I'm only 27. So I'm not, I'm not decades at this, yeah. you know, the, the real experienced guys are our, our CTO, Brian, our CPO, Andy, our COO, our CFO, Seb and Brian or er, and Brad, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these guys and, you know, I'm, I'm just witnessing so much experience, knowledge, expertise that honestly, uh, has been put to waste by these companies because yeah. I look at Target, I'm like, how would you miss out on this? This dude's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, so my role is super fun because I, as CEO, get to say, I don't have to tell you what to do. You know more than I do. Yeah. All I get to do is make sure that you have the resource and the lane to run and do what you can do and to see more and more people come into the fold that are leaving environments that have stifled innovation because they spend more time on mental health coaching than they do on initiative. Uh, for us, like, obviously, I get frustrated at the world, and I'm like, sucks for you guys. But for us, I'm like, come one, come all. Yeah, no, Please that's, join our endeavor because you're never going to feel like That's what's beautiful yeah. about, you know, people who can, you know, find these space, uh, you know, in our security consulting business and, you know, the things that we're doing um, – um, you know, there's people, I mean, there, there is an endless number of applications from talented people because, you know, we aren't, you know, doing the nonsense. Um, it's interesting in this environment right now, what I'm finding is so much of the nonsense that is going on, the diversity and inclusion stuff. And, and look, folks, it is nonsense, all right? Um, I have only been a part of businesses in my life where they reward people for their product, hmm. meaning what they are doing, what they bring to the table. I've never been exposed to a business environment, and I'm sure it exists, okay? So I'm not saying it doesn't, 
where people made decisions based on immutable characteristics or things like that. Again, I'm sure it exists. I've never personally seen it in all the businesses I've ever worked in. We hire good people who bring things like hard work to the table and talent. It is irrespective of whatever they look like. But now we have made that to be front and center on everything to where it is absolute nonsense, to where you are skipping over people who bring genuine talent in favor of somebody just because of an immutable characteristic. It makes no sense, and it ultimately harms the business over time. Yes, diversity of thought is, is valuable. Yes, diversity of, of uh, points of view are valuable, all that stuff. But that's not what they're hiring for. They're hiring based on these immutable characteristics that, you know, or, um, you know, behavioral proclivities or whatever you want to call it behind the scenes that are relevant to a workplace. You know, get the job done and get it done with the highest level of, you know, efficiency, creativity, whatever the job is, do it. But I think it's the nonsense. Um, uh, I think the nonsense is driven by these consultants because you talk to, and I talk yeah. to these leaders of these big companies, the executive teams and things like that, and even some of the HR folks and everything, and they know it's nonsense. And I ask, well, why are you doing it then? Well, I guess it's just a thing that we have to do now. But wait, it's destroying your business and it's making people miserable and it's highlighting miserable stuff. Why? Well, I just guess, you know, it's kind of what we have to do now. Oh, okay. So who's really in charge? Our robot overlords? Yeah. I mean, what is yeah. this? Who's really making these decisions? Because it seems like the, again, the, the, um, some of the most highly respected CEOs I know and executive teams, they're like caught up and dragged along with it. I don't get it. Well, it's interesting too, because, you know, there's a guy I greatly respect. His name is Vivek Ramaswamy, which I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with. Yeah, yeah he yeah. started Strive Asset Management. He's, he's trying to do what we're trying to do, but he's going after the investor community. So he's trying to gain favor on corporate boards so that he can advocate for common sense right. and the sort of depoliticization of the investment world. Because so much of what you're talking about where it's like, wait, who the heck is making these decisions? Yeah. So often it's... Alien overlords. It's got to be. And it's called BlackRock. Yeah. That's the name of those that aliens. That is true, yeah. Often. Yeah, Not the ES, always. But the ESG, the ESG people, the all that people. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so much of this goes to the. there are these people in boardrooms that we don't see that are part of a club that we're not in yeah. that ultimately decide that, you know what? We know our profits are going to lack for this. We're going to go the whole, we're going to go the ESG route anyways yeah. because we want favor. World Economic Forum calls them global stakeholders. And these are companies that are being used for some sort of ideological or political gain. And so these are companies that we all know and use daily. These are the major, major corporations, Unilever, P&G, that own so much of our lives. And at the end of the day, they're beholden to a different God than you and I are. Yeah. And it's called this sort of secular humanism that has, uh, has caused them to act in a way that we're like, wait, is this even good for your business? Do you know whom you're voting for? With every product you buy and every dollar you spend, you are casting your vote. Devoted Capital offers values-based investing portfolios that are designed to help you reach your financial goals, all the while making a positive impact on your life and the world around you. They are dedicated to educating, engaging, and empowering you to be wise with your investments and to equip you to be knowledgeable with your vote. 
Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more about values-based investing or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, registered investment advisor. And they can't even tell you with a straight face that it is good for your business. It's not. They just don't care anymore. Yeah, no, that's the that's the thing. They're so powerful yep. that that they aren't affected. I mean, you, you look at uh, app, uh, you look at uh, Disney and some others who are now starting to be affected because because the consumer, you know, very quickly can you know vote with their paycheck, right? And so the consumers are looking at this stuff and they're turning things off, you know, and so they're having these miserable failures but because they were so wealthy for a time they could afford it now you know we'll see because it seems like they're starting to go oh wait wait we're feeling this you know they've got a hiring freeze you know they're they're um they're having office bomb after box office bomb and so maybe they're going to walk that stuff back um you know unilever and those i mean the you know we're not making the decisions on the soap that we buy and so it you know they're they have these you know steady uh, just continuous um you know measurable stable businesses that are so massive that you know they can afford to make these decisions and you know become these global concerns that control as much of our life as they possibly can and 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 we're not making the decision. Yep, yep, it's true. And I think what's interesting to watch too is that. Well, and here's here's my ask of everyone. My ask of everyone is that when a Disney or a Netflix comes out and admits that they need to move away from the woke stuff because the new CEO at Disney tried to say that last week, he said it's time we go neutral. I'm excited to hear that. At the same time, you're going to put your money where your mouth is when you fire your chief diversity officer. Yeah. Show me you're going to do that, then I'll believe you. Because Elon took over Twitter, and the first thing he did is clear out half the staff that were all in the sort of social justice roles. Yeah. Community engagement supervisor, chief inclusion officer. Because, again, to keep using the word, those are mostly nonsense roles. Yes. Those people aren't really doing any meaningful work every day. You know how we know this is because if the world goes on fire— you know, those jobs are completely useless. Like, you know, if we are in a real war all of a sudden, and by that I mean kinetic war, where people are, you know, uh, worried about the, you know, food that they're going to, you know, get in the next hour, you know, then those things go away overnight. And you saw how useless most of those employees at Twitter were. It was so funny. All the journalists were like, Give it 48 hours and Twitter's going to fall apart. We heard from eight inside sources that Twitter's about to fall apart. Yeah. The code's going to freeze. Everything's going to be done. Twitter works better than it did three weeks ago. Oh, man, it's fine. Faster. Yeah. And, they're, and they're having more daily active users than ever before. And so it's like... And if you're conservative, you're gaining followers yeah, after followers all of a sudden. Like, they took where the, were all of you? They took the thumb off yeah, of it. Yeah. And so you look at it and it's like, A, if you're one of those employees that were terminated, it's like, first of all, you know... I can feel bad for you all, all that I can, but at the end of the day, like you were working for a snake. You can't be surprised when it bites you. Um, Twitter wasn't, it was a venomous organization. And so it, it yeah, it was needed, unprofitable it, it's too. unprofitable, um, burning yeah. $400 on lunch a person. I mean, just all the stuff that you see and you're like, wait, yeah, but th- they did have a kombucha and a wine bar oh, and all of the most that's wonderful what makes things. A purposeful workplace. And you could play some foosball and Perfect. some, you know, you could go to the roof and lounge and, you know, we have our one meeting a day. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's, and so yeah. when you see that the company is thriving better when half its employees are gone, it's like, 
holy cow, management was worse than we thought. Yeah. And so now you look at these companies and it's like, you're going to see some in the coming days backtrack on the woke stuff because they're realizing that, oh, shoot, this is hurting our bottom line more than we thought it was. Don't believe them unless they're putting their money where their mouth is. Well, listen, okay. The other thing, too, uh, you see those movies where you uh, hit the uh, bad guy with a brick that came into your house, you know, yeah. or a frying pan, right? And I've, and I've used this illustration over and over again. And then people go, yay, and they walk away. And then the bad guy gets back up and, you know, ends up, uh, you know, g- uh, killing everybody. Um, keep hitting them with that frying pan. Yeah. Okay, don't go back to Disney now just because they say that, you know, oh, yeah, 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 we're going to reverse course. When they start putting out good, unwoke product that people want to watch and things that are edifying to families, things that are not, um, you know, filled with, you know, sexual innuendos or, you know, evil little Marxist ideologies or stories or things like that meant to, you know, slowly over time brainwash your kids, then we'll believe them. Amen. Because in the same week that the CEO said that, he also was caught saying we need to be quieter about it. And yeah. they also released that LGBTQ kids movie yeah. that tanked. And so it's like, you're going to... I think it's making $1,000 a theater, which is like the most epic fail ever. I, I just read that. I would bet my life savings that we could film a, mid, a video, a movie of you sitting here just uh, twiddling your thumbs and drinking coffee and giving it some catchy name and spending two grand on a trailer uh, with you doing some epic, cool stuff, put it in theaters and it would make more than $1,000 a theater. Like, it doesn't take much money to get, a, you know, a th- or many people to get $1,000 yeah. per theater. You barely need anyone to show up. That shows you how unpopular these ideas are with the American people. We could do nothing for an hour, and I'd rather watch that than these LGBTQ well, the, stuff. Well, the funny thing is, is so you know what? It's it's not so much, uh, I mean, certainly the alphabet, the focus on the alphabet, you know, yeah. and all that sort of stuff is is you know is off putting, and it's not because there's a you know isolated thing, but because it's so obvious a message and it's so obvious. I mean, I think they they put a disabled dog too. Like they had to have, have every every little box covered. It gets to the point of being absurd, yeah. right? Yeah. And every other person is not LGBTQ in um, our world. Yep. So when they're doing it like that, it gets to be nauseatingly off-putting rather than just, okay, hey, you know, live life with the reality of what's out there. Fine. You know, okay, there's an argument to be said for that. I still want to have Christian content for my children. But when it gets to be absurd, come on now. People are, it just turns people off. It turns people off who aren't particularly conservative Christians. It just turns everybody off because it it appears to be so forced. Yep. Well, and it, it's interesting that it, it keeps, it keeps happening where they'll create content that's incredibly off-putting because of the absurdity. They'll then blame it on bigotry. That's why people didn't see it. Yeah. Not just because it was awful. Yeah. Maybe it's just, I don't want to go watch something that's so absurdly in my face. There was that movie. Or it's just a stupid story. Yeah. Sometimes it's just stupid. Or the retelling of a story that I've already seen a thousand times. Guys, come up with something new. Yeah, but we did it live action this time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, the graphics were better. It's like, okay, this goes back to the point. There was a time when Renaissance was appreciated. Innovation was appreciated. Yeah. And today that's been squelched and you're seeing it 
not just in our content and in media, but you're seeing it in the music we listen to. You're seeing songs getting more simple and boring. You're seeing there be a real lack of depth in poetry. You're seeing our architecture become boring. You're and seeing dull. that in books. You're, you're seeing, seeing that in, in everything. everything. Yeah. We've been watered down as a society. And in that, it's doing nothing but... It, but um, causing people to embrace this sort of like meaningless droning on. And what really should happen is, and I feel passionate about this, especially for conservatives to hear this message and heed this call, which is we should be creating the best content the world's ever seen. We should be creating the best art and the best music. There was a time when the Christian faith led the world in artistic expression. I think it's time that we go back to that. And uh, I think in that place, we're going to set a new standard for what the world looks at. And they're like, hey, look, I've listened to the Alphabet Mafia, and that was absurd. And I'm not even a political person but that just was absurd what else do you have for me and they see this captivating content we can create these great platforms we can embrace and they say i look i'm not even a conservative necessarily but i definitely don't want the purple haired they them stuff i want that you know that's what's exciting about what daily wire is doing you know that's that's exciting about what uh you know salem now um is doing they're they're putting um money into creators again and they're so giving good. them the keys, right? And they're buying things that um, would not get made otherwise because of the culture that we're in now. And and we're not talking about expressly uh, Christian content. Mm. We're just talking about content that is not intentionally trying to indoctrinate or offend. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm I'm high on the future in regards to that. I'm also very high on the future in regards to um, the kids that are coming up now. You know, Turning Point's a perfect example. You see that when you go to um, a Turning Point event or a PragerU event or other young conservative events. These kids are vibrant. Yep. They are getting after it. I joke with people because, you know, we're, we're seeing this happen, that my kids will eat your woke kids for lunch, and yep. it's the truth. Yep. You know, um, they're smarter, better, faster, um, you know, getting after it, harder working. I mean, you see this. And and I'm grateful that we as a community are working hard to you know teach them these things. I'm I'm about to um, record an episode in the next few days with Dr. Keith Rose, who's a good buddy oh, yeah, of mine, great. and uh, and he you know he and I um, you know do these regularly where we go deep on certain things, and we're going to hit this secret weapons for quiet wars. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's a document where they outline in it, um, you know, it was found in a uh, copy machine back when the copy machines were the size of a room. Back in uh, 1979, um, it was written, it was discovered in like 84 or something when they bought this thing for parts. And it lays out how you capture entertainment and you dumb things down and you make it to where people don't read really or seek things above a sixth grade level. And that's how you end up controlling the populace. And it lays this out. It's like an intelligence document saying, hey, you have been chosen because you're one that can help us implement this. So it's a training document for people outlining this. And it's beautiful. 68 pages. Um, You know, there's a lot of math in it because they talk about us as data and, you know, all these things. And now um, and it lays the future of what what they're able to do with data and how they're able to to um, you know lay this out has never become more possible, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about the details of this. So um, you know watch out for for that episode because it'll be fun. But they the heart of it they talk about how they need to take the resources of the world and mm. put it in the hands 
of the responsible. And what they mean by that is we gotta, we got to put it in the hands of the smart people and keep all these other people just, you know, taken care of so that we can run the world's resources. It's, it's frightening that they actually believe it, but they do. And the whole concept of that ideology is smaller groups of more perfect people. Yeah. So when people, you know, start talking about how we have too many humans on the planet and we have too many, they never t- mean themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not going to get rid of themselves. No, 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 no. no. Or their kids. Yeah. Because like it's, what it's, I would say is, hey, buddy, you first. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Leaders lead by example. So <laughs> yes. if that's you, why don't you be my guest? That's not what they mean. And so, you know, this is found also that concept you just mentioned is found very evident in our business. What we're pushing against because in the marketplace you look at how the marketplace has been dumbed down through convenience yeah so 20 years ago we sold our soul to countries that hate us for cheaper manufacturing and in that process you know we've sacrificed so much of what america made america special just so i could have my package you know a day earlier or my food delivered to my doorstep what's happened in that process and i understand the urge we all want convenience especially those of us that are really busy yeah but there's something we've missed out on that our older generations got to experience, which is this classic Americana. I walked into the coffee shop and I said hi to the barista. Yeah. And they smiled back at me and asked how my day was. Well, being an older American, I did not miss it. <laughs> I'm jealous. I long for that. I mean, yeah. I had... I had I, we used to have to read maps. That's And you used to have to amazing. know your way around places. Well, well, but I mean, what you're talking about truly is not just that interpersonal stuff, but actually we were required to exercise our brains yeah. more often on good things things. You know, uh, we had to read for entertainment more. We had to uh, slow things down, digest stuff, pontificate, drive sometimes in silence. You know, I, I mean, that gives people like traumatic yeah, imagery in their head these days, on, sit not on listening an, to music. Sit on doing? an airplane without the internet. Are you a psychopath? Or a movie. What are you doing? We didn't have movies on airplanes. You know, you had to read. You know, I used to get a magazine. I used to have a newspaper. I used to read a book. You know, we don't do that stuff anymore. And so our, you know, our brains have gotten weak. We've gotten so addictive. I mean, you know, we're talking about in our family, uh, you know, my my wife and I are having a bit of a, you know, a little little, uh, conflict in regards to the fact that, you know, we need to purposefully work on getting off of screens, even in our house. And, and I guarantee, I guarantee we are not like most households because my, my, uh, daughters shared a phone up until this last year, you know, they're, they're, uh, 19, 18 and 13 and, wow. and they had one house phone and, you know, an iPad and laptops for schoolwork, but there, there's no social media, um, you know, my girls there, you know, none of that. So we didn't, we don't have that. They're musicians as I think, you know, um, so our, our, our family, uh, structure is better. I'm the worst offender though, because part of it is my entire six businesses sure. and all the things that I'm doing are, you know, on my iPad, all that. But we have to figure out how to control these rhythms and and I and we have to like back up from a lot of this. Well, most households, all of that is unrestrained. Yeah. I, w- I saw a piece in I think it was Politico yesterday. Uh, I could be wrong, but I saw a piece in a major media outlet, I'll say that, that basically the title of it was we have, as parents, um, 
realize that we cannot call our children social media usage. Yeah. So we're giving up. Like it's impossible. Like it's impossible. This is a this is just too much of a challenge. And it's like, first of all, who's the parent in yeah. this situation? Because what you just wrote in that headline is that your kids own you and that your kids are dictating their own rules yeah. and that your kids are it's like throw their phone in a lake. You're a parent. You have the authority to do that. Well part of that is modern schooling and other kids around them and yeah. things like that. And, and parents don't want to say, no, we're gonna do it differently or pull them out of those environments. You know, we homeschooled, right? So, you know, our girls weren't around all of these kids that were operating on their phones all the time. Plus, we always knew where our kids were. Yep. You know, we they, they weren't apart from us unless they were with other trusted human beings. Yep. You know, so so we could restrict those things. And we did a lot of that intentionally for it. I did not want them to be in, absorbed in these things. And again, that's why they're high-level violinists. And, you know, they get together and you know, with their friends and they perform music and they have girl band and they, and they crush it and they do, you know, they, uh, they're doing these activities and it's different. And my girls read my girls, my, my youngest daughter read like Lord of the Rings in a weekend. You know, I mean, she's a monster, Come on, a monster, but she'll read an 800 wow. page book in you know, in a matter of two or three days. I mean, it blows my mind. Um, but we need to be cultivating that stuff. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, you know, parents, it obviously starts with us because uh, there has been a, a real willingness. And this is, you know, another issue that has inspired the Hollies. Remember our archetype? Yeah. The mama bears of the world to stand up and realize is like, wow, if you're not going to parent them, the world will. And if you're not going to take command of the household, the parents, and make sure that your kids are operating within certain guardrails, like the world has very different guardrails and they will gladly indoctrinate your kids. And so, you know, we, we, my sister and I, we get asked often, you know, how, how did you guys grow up in an environment where today you're like excited about purpose and you really try to, you know, achieve things and, and you enjoy social settings and all of that. And it's like, we give all the credit to our parents because when, just like you're describing, my parents had the option of, well, I can either just let them exercise unfettered intention uh, attention abuse by staring at the screen for hours or i can encourage them to go do something productive uh they chose the latter and in that i learned how to play seven instruments and yeah. my sister and i got along really well in social settings with adults because my parents didn't dumb us down instead they invited us into those settings and caused us to hold Amen. our own yeah it's like all of those things pay such incredible dividends and it does the child no good and loves mm -hmm. them in no conceivable way to let them essentially just dictate life on their terms because they're 12 like if yeah. they're going to make life on their terms, it's going to be the world's terms, and it doesn't look good. I'm, I'm glad you brought music up, because you also led worship uh, yeah, church, yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah. I, yeah, you are um, more talented than just public square. Wow, wow. Um, no, I think it's it's amazing, but yeah, I mean, our, our girls, we've done the same, and, you know, they're... Uh, they're close to seven instruments it's amazing but you know it's amazing um, and they're that, gonna thank you so much for that as yeah, life goes I, on i'm sure they already are uh, well i mean they're making money doing it now you know at 18 and 19 you i wish know, i would have figured out how to do that when i was yeah there. no That's i mean they're, they're teaching they're getting paid to wow. play places you know they're so they're they're um you know able to you know now use it for uh, you know building a business and uh, you know um they're they're having a, a blast and um you know they're, they've got other regular jobs too because i think that's important you know if my uh uh, oldest is working for Chick Fil A now. She loves it, you know. And my, my pleasure. And my yeah, my middle daughter is, uh, is you know working at a hostess slash a server at a little breakfast restaurant, and 
you know, because I think it's important that they, you know, have those other jobs and those other experiences and those other opportunities. And I want them to essentially cross train, you know, and, and uh, you know, get valuable experience in, you know, a bunch of different ways and become entrepreneurs, you know, it's, it's valuable. It's amazing. And I think the world is so ripe for it to the kids. Anybody that's listening to this, that's, you know, young adult or younger, the world has never been hungering for your talents to be exuded and you to step up as a leader yep. than we are right now. I mean, the competition for being a leader, young adult, is so slim today. These days, like, you just have to show up. Honestly, if you can look <laughs> someone in the eyes, you can shake their hands, you can say thank you, you can say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, Sounds if you're like really radical. Sounds like a homeschooled kid, by the way. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I love the memes where it's like, wait, you're going to homeschool your kid, they're never going to fit in. And the other person's like, exactly. I don't want them to. I want them to stand out. I, I, uh, I, I put... Uh, I, I, retweeted a uh, homeschool your children from like a cat turd or one of those, you know, accounts. Right. And I I said, you know, homeschool your kids. And it was in response to something terrible that he's like, you know, Hey, you got to do this. Right. And uh, I I retweeted it. And the response that I got to my retweet, you know, was like, only if you want to control every aspect of your child's life and keep them, you know, antisocial. And, you know, it's like, wow, people just don't get what the world is now when Mm -hmm. it comes to homeschooling and the things available. And and they don't understand that, yeah, homeschool kids look you in the eye, shake your hand, show up on time for things, you know, bust their butts, know how to work hard on balance, you know, versus the, you know, kids that are being cranked out by these public schools yep. well and it, it doesn't stop once you get into university it's like so that the kids that are in high school you know the ones that are homeschooled end up being far more socially competent these days uh than their peers who are just glued with their eyes to the floor yeah. and can't look at you and then when you move on to higher education i'm finding that the young adults that pursued trades are the ones that are you know the, so many light years beyond in terms of their uh, hard skills, their soft skills as well, their ability to manage themselves in their own yeah. lives, uh, because they didn't spend four years getting a social sciences degree, some like bachelor's in lesbian dance theory. They are focusing on making sure that they're working with their hands, learning valuable yeah. skills, serving another employer. Which we need so much we right need now. It. And so, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you want to be really countercultural and make a ton of money today, be a homeschooled plumber. Yeah, like, no as kidding. As wild as that sounds... With that's, some side talents, you're going to make it so so much farther in life. Yeah, that's a that's a um, you know potentially mid six figures job. You wanna you wanna be, become a competent plumber who's going to show up and get things done, you know, and hire a couple guys. You know, you're going to have a thriving business and you're going to be killing it and you're going to never not be in demand. Yep. And yeah. then, just like you said, once you crush it in your role and you be the best at it, hire a few people to do it too. Then take yourself out and be more of a manager role. Go start another city. Get that going, too. And this is how you build community through commerce, through purpose. It's by taking initiative of your own life, embracing the values that made this country so special in the first place, putting them into exercise, forgetting what culture is saying, unsubscribe from that system, subscribe to a new one. And uh, I'm so inspired the more that I hear stories like that. And I am hopeful. So, so real quick, um, you know, give uh, where people can follow you because we're going to go probably a little bit over the time for the radio folks. So, so hit hit the radio folks real quick with where to follow you. Yeah, great. So you can obviously find the platform at publicsq.com. And that's the best place to get started because there's links to the app stores there. So whether you're on iOS or Google, you'll find uh, an ability to download the app there or use it on the website. You can choose to do that either way. And then to follow me and along with the progress, uh, you can follow me at Twitter at Real Michael Seif. 
S-E-I-F. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at official public SQ. And uh, we share updates regularly about how we're doing within the app and also how we're affecting the community outside of the app as well. And it'd be an honor if you'd join us on the journey. Yeah. And then for those of you listening to radio, if you want to hear the rest of this, then hey, come on and subscribe to us on any of your podcast apps or follow us on Rumble or Salem Now if you want to see the rest of this, because I think we're going to keep talking for a few more love minutes. Love it. I'm in no rush. Awesome. I love it. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoy the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers.